I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. You're listening to an all-new Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1. Today's episode, Chasing Rainbows. Monday. For the past two weeks, I've been on summer hiatus from the radio show. I've been getting up when I want to and going to see a lot of movies. Although my friend Howard is pretty much permanently on vacation, from work, responsibility, and, for the most part, reality, he decides he wants to experience the thrill of being on holiday, too. I'm doing the stuff I normally do, Howard says, but with Fruity Island drinks and loungewear. A daiquiri in my hand while doing the laundry. A sombrero on my head while walking the dogs. So you're sort of having a staycation, I say. Yes, Howard says. He then tells me that the first time he heard that expression, he thought it was steak-ation, a vacation where you allow yourself to eat as much steak as you like. The only souvenir I brought back, he says, was five extra pounds. Thursday. As it turned out, Howard's staycation mainly involved spending each day at my house and eating all of the food in my fridge while listening to Hawaiian ukulele music on my stereo. And so I've decided to leave town for a few days in Miami Beach. Most of my time here is taken up with fearful thoughts of sunstroke. I apply ointment to my skin at five-minute intervals, but in spite of this, by evening, I am bright red and peeling. If I ever become well-known enough to make public service announcements, my cause celebre will be sunburn. It afflicts both young and old, I will say, my voice heavy with gravitas. Sunburn, the silent annoyance. Too sore to go out, I phone up for room service. And as I await my food, wrapped in cool bedsheets, I am reminded of something someone once said. There is no vacation from the self, but at least there is one from Howard. Tuesday. Howard meets me at the Montreal airport with my car. Tomorrow, I'm back at work, starting a new season of the radio show. And Howard tells me he's been working on a special surprise for me at the studio. I can hardly wait to see what it is. All right, and just put that over here. That's great. That's looking great. Howard? Okay, thanks. Hey, John. Thanks, Vito. Thank you, man. That looks fantastic. What, what is going on in my studio? I'll see you later. Thank you. I'll have your check next week, okay? All right. Wow, this looks great, eh? What are you doing in my... 
this what? office was screaming for redecorating. What is going on in here? What do you think? I think it looks what do fantastic. I think? What have you done to my studio? I mean, we did your office as a gift to you. As a John, this studio is now set for a man of your taste and distinction. I just made it look really nice. I yeah. I, I brought it up to the twenty first century. Okay, first of all, where is my microphone? I've replaced it. That's what the flower pot is. A flower pot. You're gonna speak into the flower pot now. It's a microphone flower pot. This is from Sweden. Oh, it's from Sweden. Yes. Howard, I don't care where it's from. I need a microphone. Hold this on. is a studio. Why does a studio mean that it can't look good? Why can it not be bling? Look around you. I've just made your studio into one of the most beautiful, glamorous places in the CBC. People are going to be coming from all over I don't the... want them to be. You don't want them in here with you? No. Then what's this sofa for? Yeah, what, what, is, the, what is there a sofa doing in my studio? First of all... This is an African rhino skin sofa. This is imported. It's very Where did illegal. you get this stuff? I have my connections. How, how can you afford this? How can you afford this, John? And how can what? you afford not to afford this? I don't know what that means, Howard, but I don't like the sound John, of it. John, I've turned this studio into a udio because now what? this is about you. This reflects no, it's you. Th- no, it doesn't. I know a lot about taste. I know a lot about design. This has been a little kind of pet project of mine for years. Oh, it has. I want to surprise you, and I just get kicked in the wahoos for this. Howard, this place looks like Liberace's walk-in closet. Speaking of walk-in closets, turn around. Look at that, baby. What What did you... That is a full-fledged walk-in closet. Why would you put a walk-in closet in my studio? Any of Hollywood starlets today would die. They would just plots to have a walk-in closet Why like this, would John. I need a, a, a walk-in... For your shoes. How would I have one pair of shoes? I just thought this would add a little sparkle into your life. Sparkle. Your soul should soar. I can't even stand up because when I... Like this is like a ballroom chandelier. That is a ballroom chandelier. I can't even get up. It's touching the tip of my head while I'm seated. John, when I look around the world and I see the headlines and I see about all the terrible things that are happening in the world, if everybody would just spend some time thinking about design. Okay, Howard. Wh- now you see this. There's kind of an area here that's kind of open. I don't know what you're thinking. I was thinking a baby grand, a little baby grand right in the a corner. A little baby grand. They have these. They have these little small baby. Howard, grands. I don't play the piano. You have to play. Who plays? Who? in their right mind has a house the baby grand and they play piano a pianist no it's design you can lean against it while you're storytelling okay it's a conversation piece people walk and go what a beautiful baby grand is that red champagne finish yes it is do you recognize who the designer is yes you're right that's a figatazzi Howard a figatazzi isn't that an, that's an Italian sausage it is but it's also designer okay and now and what have you done to the lights go ahead hit the light switch Gee, that that's re- that's that's blindingly bright. That's because they're tanning lights. Tanning While you're sitting lights. here working, you never get any sun. You've installed tanning lights. John, what vitamin E do you get? Howard, I am not going to get it so from tanning you're lights. You're not getting it from the sun because all day and all night you sit like a little hermit in your office Wait, working, Howard, working. The light, Howard, the light does it won't even switch off now. You're gonna look so bronze. You're gonna be like George Hamilton mixed with a little bit of Don Ho. See this little corner here? I want to have a nice little private bathroom for you. Wouldn't you a like that you're a little private bathroom? bathroom? In my suit. That's disgusting. I have the plumber coming tomorrow. I have the designer. We're going to no, set the whole not. thing up. No, you're going to call them. Yes, I am. No, you are yes, not. Yes, I am. In the meantime, just to show how thoughtful I am, look at this. What do you think of that? What is that? That's like a, some kind of bucket? This, no, a bucket. This, my friend, is an antique Victorian era insane asylum bedpan. It's been rumored that Antonin Arto himself relieved himself in this bedpan. That's really, really disgusting. I'm not buying things off the rack, John. Like this ridiculous ceiling fan that you put in? This ceiling fan, I'll have you know, is a Spinarelli. Okay, this is a Sicilian import. You made that up. A Spinarelli. A Spinarelli. Spinarelli. I'm just going to turn it on. 
the one speed. Howard, it is deafening. The Spinarellis believe that this is the one speed for optimal work with performance. It. It's, it's blowing my pages all over the place. That's why I bought you these designer paperweights. This is made from polished glass. If you look in the center, that's a vintage bottle cap. Thai soda, Howard, I believe. This stuff is stupid. Okay, look, I'm going to peel to you in a whole different way, okay? This is a mahogany and cedar bar, a little personal wet bar here for yourself, okay? I don't need a bar at work. You don't need a bar at work. That's why that's why all your colleagues refer to you as Jonathan Steen. You know what, Howard? Point, point taken. Okay. I'm, I'm Howard, assuming. Howard, listen to me. We'll continue this conversation later. What? You're going to return all of this garbage, but right now I just need to I, – I need you out of the studio. No. I need to prepare for an interview. This is four inches. That's not balanced. I can't go right now. What time is it? Anyway? It's six thirty. What, what do you mean? Why am I? I'm entertaining. What are you? What are you talking about? I'm just having some people over. Who are you? Just some friends, people you don't know. Is this why you redid my studio? How dare you? I did this for you. For you. Uh, Howard, I am going back to work. But how are you going to work with a room full of people? We're going to be drinking. Exactly. I'm not going to be able to. I'm work. supposed to tell the owner of Boosh Boosh that he can come Boosh here. Boosh Boosh. I don't even. Who? I don't even know you I mean, anymore. Quite frankly, this could be very good for your career. You have some very important people. You know, I have to start primping and fussing. I gotta get into the closet. See, by the way, did you notice the full-length mirror? Oh God. Oh my God, my hair is an absolute fright. Howard, all your clothes are in here. John, this place is gonna be my ticket to high society. That's what this was all about. You are so selfish. All you I'm selfish. This, yeah, you just, you're I'm recording selfish. and you're working, bringing money home. In my I'm doing. Studio. I'm doing this for us. I'm looking ahead. God knows you don't take me anywhere. We don't go on vacation. We don't travel. We don't even go for a coffee. Now we have a place to go. Ken Michaels, you're a professional rainbow chaser. Yes. What exactly does that entail? Well, it's actually a very complicated process. Really what it comes down to is uh, there has been a shortage of rainbows the last five, ten years, and we're trying to figure out why. And so how, how do you go about doing this? We have multiple instruments to help us track and gather rainbow data a rainbow locator uh -huh. that can actually track the exact distance of a rainbow. We also have a, another instrument called the spectrometer, okay. which calculates the overall awe or the glee uh, that you might get from a rainbow, because not only are the rainbows decreasing in numbers, but the ones that we actually do have are less magnificent than previous years. Wait a second. You're saying like ah, uh, as in like ah. Uh. Yes, ah, uh, as in it, it strikes you. It makes you look at it twice. And how can you measure something like glee or, or just, you know, how much it can make a person gasp? Well, there's a number of ways, um, the easiest being just photographic evidence. When you actually look at the pictures themselves, you can really tell that rainbows from the 70s and 80s and, and even the early 90s, they are just, just glowing. They are hmm. eye-popping. And you look at them now, and they're really... Bland, I would say, almost. You know, you can, you almost can't make out the different colors in the rainbow itself. And do you have any theories as to why this change is taking place? We assume that it is a connection with global warming, but we haven't been able to link it to that. We've had regular rainfall, or even in some years, it's been more damp in general. But strangely, the rainbows themselves just aren't showing up, and that's really what we're trying to figure out why, because, as you know, Everybody loves rainbows. Mm -hmm. um, you can be the biggest, baddest guy on a big motorcycle with your whole tattoos and all of that stuff, and you're going to point out a rainbow to your friend, you know? And mm -hmm. 
let's put all science aside. It's not just a, a ray of light, you know, coming through a droplet of water. It's something more than that. It's bigger than that. It's, if it's more than once it's knocked me to my knees, and I just I need it now. You know, it's, it's almost like a drug to me. I, I got to see that rainbow. So take me through a typical day on the job. How, how do you go about the actual chase? Well, there's a group of us. It's not just me. There's, there's no way I could do it all on my own, that's for sure. Um, we have a van that we use. and um, Is this like a special, did you have a siren or something? Or? No, no, nothing like that. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, we are not recognized yet by, by the government or really by anyone. So we don't have any special permission to be, you know, riding around like crazy. So uh, actually all we have is it's just a regular old standard cargo van um, that we've gutted and uh, we put in, uh, you know, our own equipment stuff back there, you know, helmet cams and and things along those lines so that we can keep our hands free but still document our chase. And and speaking of the chase, I have a clip of tape here uh, from the Discovery Channel Storm Chasers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that program, but it's a reality television show in which a team of extreme weather researchers track hurricanes and twisters and tornadoes and, and that kind of thing. Okay. Let me play you some. All right, hold on. We got some waves moving here. Reed Timmer is pushing to position his radar right next to a dangerous rain-wrapped tornado. It's coming right at us! Shut your window! Oh my gosh! It's here! It's here! We're in the tornado! Nice! That is taking extreme research to a whole new level right there. So, so when you hear something like that, I mean, like, I'm, I'm listening to it, and it gets my adrenaline going, and, um... I mean, how do you feel like your work compares to that? Do you, do you get a similar rush from chasing rainbows? As a society, it does bother me that people get more excited for a tornado than they do a rainbow. Uh, we're out there just like the storm chasers, and maybe it's not quite so flashy and, and exciting because uh, we don't have our own TV show yet. But frankly, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if what they're doing is science or if it's just being a daredevil. And so even without the income of a reality TV show or anything like that, you're still able to make a living from your research? Um, because it is a passion, I'm willing to, to cut off certain comforts. So at the moment, I'm actually living at my mother's house. Um, so, you know, free rent makes it a lot easier, you know. Right. And my mom is actually, uh, you know, she's in full support. Um, she loves the rainbows, and um, and she loves that I'm pursuing my passion, except for when she really needs the van. Um, oh, oh you, you borrow your mother's van. Yeah, we don't, at the moment, we can't afford our own van. Right. So when she's not using it is actually when we go out on our chases. Okay. Ken, I just have one last clip of tape here to play for you. Uh, this one's from Colorado meteorologist Dr. Rick Aspen, and here he's discussing some of his thoughts on rainbow chasing. Uh, take a listen. What makes me different than a rainbow chaser? <laughs> I guess on a daily basis, I'm engaged in an intellectual pursuit, and frankly, I've got a job. We don't spend a whole lot of our time chasing leprechauns and rainbows and fairies or Tinkerbell at all. So, I don't know. I have a challenge with that. So how, how do you how do you respond to that? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I <clears throat> first off, I know Dr. Aspen. Uh, I've had a run-in with him more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not really surprised to hear something like that because the weather community 
it's, it's really very competitive, and uh, we don't seem to get a lot of respect, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. A lot of people, specifically meteorologists, take this as a joke. But, you know, people used to say that uh, putting someone on the moon was crazy, mm-hmm. and look at us now. So, you know, really what it comes down to is nobody in history has harnessed the power of a rainbow and, and used that power you know, for blank, fill in the blank. And, uh, you know, what if rainbows cure cancer? Or, you know, I know that's a stretch, but you never know. And wouldn't it be a shame if just out of nowhere there was suddenly no more rainbows? Kenny? You on the phone? Please get off the phone. Okay, uh, Kenny, can you clear out the van? I'll take care of it, Mom. I'm doing an interview. Okay, Kenny, Mom. you remember the deal. You can borrow the van for all the rainbow stuff you want. Mom. But when I need it... No questions asked, okay? Will you please get off my back? Do it now, please. No, Mom, I'm I said not. now. Uh, Ken? Yeah, sorry about no, that. No, that, uh, that... I gotta go. I gotta clean out my mom's van. Right. But, uh... I hope that someday people will start to take the work that we do a little more seriously and realize that, uh, there really is a lack of rainbows and, uh, we're on the, the leading edge, if you will. Ken, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to me about your work. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thursday. I run into Gregor at the video store. This is not good. I asked if you were free to help me move an industrial freezer tonight, he says, and you said you were busy with a deadline. And now I find you here, getting ready to watch a movie? Wrong, I say. I don't have time to watch a movie, only to rent one. What's the point of renting a movie you won't be watching, he asks. It gets me out of the house, I say, and walking home with a DVD under my arm makes me feel like a part of society. Gregor looks at me disbelievingly. I make a mental note to watch the movie with the blinds drawn, in case he should pass by and see the light of the TV. An element of subterfuge will help make Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs feel more enjoyably illicit. Friday. Gregor calls. I'm in my car downstairs, he says. You're not getting out of helping me. Put on pants and come down. You'll have to wait, I say, trying to buy time. I was just getting into the shower. Shower, he asks, incredulous. Just soak two balls of toilet paper in cologne and electrical tape them under your armpits. Gregor's ideas about personal hygiene would make him an ideal judge on a hobo makeover show, adjudicating on whether sardine can top hats go better with pelts made of possum or squirrel. 
I put the phone down, and as I shower, I consider jumping from the second floor bathroom window and running naked and free down the street. I decide to help Gregor instead. It will prove only nominally less painful. Tuesday. It's been a few weeks since I've heard from Gregor. This is not like him. Usually there are appliances that need to be moved and problems with my personality that need to be discussed. Against my better judgment, I decide to pick up the phone and give him a call. Hello? Hey, Gregor. Johnny, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I I haven't heard from you in a while. I just wanted to check in to see how you're doing. I'm feeling good these days. Weather is beautiful. I just saw a movie. I really liked it. I'm in a good mood. Since when when are you able to uh, get out of the office and see matinees? Because I make my own schedule now. I got a new job. I'm feeling really good about it. What do do you do? What new job? I told you about this. I'm your agent now. What do you mean you're my agent? Johnny, for years I've been giving you advice, and it finally hits me one day. I should be getting paid for all this great advice. So I decided it was high time I made it official. I even quit my job and moved to L.A. and set up an office. You, you did what? Now I got a massive pad right in Malibu. It's right by the beach. I had no idea that, that you had moved. Yeah, I moved. I'm your agent. Big deal. Well, it is a big deal. Yeah, I'm working on some big deals for Johnny. Gregor, I, I, I can't afford to have an agent. Let me explain something to you, Johnny. This town is all about residuals, offsetting potential earnings on foreign distribution rights. I don't know what any of that means. You don't have to worry about what that means. That's for me to worry about. Just understand this. You are like a big zeppelin that Mm -hmm. slowly orbits the Earth with a vacuum cleaner attachment hanging down. And when you go over, say, Sweden, you suck up money. Then Japan. Suck. You silently accumulate wealth around the whole world in reruns and stuff. Pretty soon, I have another BMW. You, 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 Los Angeles, you can't come up riding on your bicycle that you took from your nephew or whatever it is that you go to work on. Well, who's paying for this? Jonathan Goldstein Enterprises. Don't worry. The whole thing is a tax deduction. Quick, I can't believe that you're doing this. This is complete madness. It's not madness. Listen, together we are going to take on Tinseltown. I've already taken on a bunch of Tinseltown. I've taken on a bunch of meetings. You know what they're calling you? No. The next Shia LaBeouf. Gregor, I'm not an actor, and, and I'm twice that kid's age. Don't worry about it. We're going to fix your hair thing, either with a wig or a weave or a glue or something. What hair thing? I'm going to have your feet fixed. What, what's By the wrong? time you get finished with the doctors I got you lined up with, there's going to be a whole new Johnny in town. Johnny LaBeouf. Gregor, I, ho- I hope this is a joke. No joke, amigo. I just booked you on a show. You have your cash register open? You got your shovel to start shoveling in the money? Because here's the pitch. You ready? Yeah. You are going to be on Preventable Ice Fishing Catastrophes. Next year's hottest show, On Ice, starring you. What is that? Basically, we put you in a situation where a catastrophe happens, and then we work back to see how it could have been prevented. All you have to do is sit on the ice and look adorable with your fishing rod and your pail. Then, we hear a big crack. And, you know, you fall through into the ice water. So you've got me on, like, some kind of reenactment. There's no reenactment here. We're putting you in peril. Make no mistake. That's why you get combat pay. I, it's a catastrophe. Yeah, it certainly is. This is a catastrophe. This is a plum roll, okay? You're going to have to take roll. my word for it. This is a, this is a stupid roll, Gregor. The programmers at the Gay Network are very excited about this. Why am I not gay? You don't have to be gay. It's acting. You don't need to be a dog to play Lassie. You do need to be a dog to play Lassie. How many roles do you think come across my transom every day saying, hey, we need a short little bald curmudgeon? How many roles? Take a guess. I, I How don't... about none? How about I'm wearing off the soles of my beautiful Bruno Magli shoes, walking the streets, and I'm not literally walking, I'm driving, but the point I'm trying to make here is that I am busting my hump for you, Booby. Don't don't call me Booby. That's what agents call their clients, my You're friend. You're not my agent. I don't do this job for the money, Johnny. I do it out of love. Love for you. 
That's why I take 15%. Okay, okay. What other roles do you have? What other roles? I was going to surprise you for your birthday, but you want to know the roles I got lined up for you? You're reading a book on tape. Oh, yeah. How about All that? Right. How well, about that? that? Not that, too that bad, right? That plays my strength a little bit more. It's called I Am Chihuahua. It was written by Paris Hilton's dog. Uh, how, how did her dog write a memoir? How did Scooby Doo solve crimes, you maniac? That's a cartoon. How did the dog write a book? This dog has more pull in this town than his little paw than you'll ever have. Okay, Gregor, look, I don't have time for this now, okay? I got to get out of here, all right? I, I'm, I have a dinner to get to. What do you mean you have a dinner? I didn't set up any dinner for you It's tonight. a dinner with my parents. What do you think? You can just have dinner with whoever you want? What, I have to ask you permission? Don't you try and cheat me out of my appearance fees, Johnny. I'm not getting an, an appearance fee. Let me explain something to you, Johnny. You are like a pack of oxen, and I am like the guy driving the pack of oxen into the slaughterhouse. What kind of an analogy is that? It means that your work is my money. When you go out to dinner, I make money. When you come home from dinner, I make money. Well, I don't know how you're going to make money out of my going to see my Listen, parents. if your mother brings any brisket over, I want 15% cut. What? 15%. Just tattoo it on your face. I, I get 15% of what you get. You got a problem, talk to your manager. Who's my manager? Me. Why do you think I'm getting an extra 10%? What are you talking? What? It's all in your contract, Johnny. Read it and weep, Johnny. Read it and weep. On Wiretap Today, you heard Howard Chakowitz, Gregor Ehrlich, Andrea Stanford, and Ken Michaels. For more information on rainbow chasing, visit rainbowchasers.net. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Mira Bergwintonic and Crystal Duhame. Whoa, that's a full rainbow all the way. Double rainbow, oh my god. Double rainbow, it's a double rainbow all the way. Damn, it's a double rainbow all the way. Damn, oh my god. What does this mean? It's so bright, so vivid. Double rainbow, double rainbow. It's so dense, dense. What does this mean? It's starting to look like a triple rainbow. That's a whole rainbow man. rainbow I've ever seen. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.